Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord, that we woke up in our right mind. Able to clothe ourselves with a roof over our heads. Food in the cupboard. You've set us up. To be a walking, talking, living sacrifice for you. In my years, I've never seen the world like it is today. But it is what it is because we have not done what we were supposed to do. And so we ask you, Lord, to forgive us and Remind us of who we are. Not our will. But thy will be done. And so now, Lord, I stand before your people to speak your word. To say to them what you have given me to say. And I ask that you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy, life, thy sight, O oh Lord, for, for you, for you are my strength. And you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray it. Let the church say amen. Amen. As we prepare our spirits to receive the word of God, nourish 
our body, soul, mind, and spirit. We ask that you come with us to the Old Testament book of Job. I know it looks like Job, but it's Job. <laughs> Amen. 22nd chapter of Job and the 28th verse. The 22nd chapter of Job and the 28th verse. As you're able, won't you stand for the reading of God's holy word. Now listen for the word of the Lord. God says to Job, Job, you, you will decree or decide on a matter, and it will be established for you, and light will shine on your ways. Job, you will decree a thing, and it will come to pass. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Smile at your neighbor this morning. Smile at your neighbor as we prepare for our third in a four-part series of the power of the spoken word. Today we will be dealing with making a decree, a decree. The power of decree simply means speaking out loud the promises of God. Speaking out loud the promises of God. We want to be clear this morning about our understanding of the power of decrees, the power of decreeing and declaring. In the 90s, those were really popular words, decree and declare. Yeah, but we're not talking about naming it and claiming it and grabbing it and slapping it and all like that. <laughs> We're talking about the power of putting the words in the atmosphere. You see, the atmosphere is filled with all kind of mess today because of the words put out in the atmosphere. Somebody say amen. amen. So this is not the time for Christians to be quiet. People are really listening today. It's important to God what they're hearing, what they're putting in the atmosphere. I did not see a lot of violence and sex growing up. I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. It wasn't put on TV and radio and in the movies like it is today. 
So those things have been put in the atmosphere, and now we wonder why people crazy. Because that's what they have seen and heard and been bombarded with for the last 50 years. What you hear, what you see, is what you do. And while the church has been quiet, it's time for us to open up our big mouths and decree. Look at your neighbor and say, open your mouth up and decree. This ain't a time to be quiet and cute. The devil is talking today, somebody say amen. He's not whispering today, say amen. He's shouting today, amen. And we must be aware of the fact that our words have the power to shut him up. Somebody say amen. A decree is an official order issued by a legal authority. A decree is an official order issued by a legal authority. My beloved, I just can't tell you how much pressure God has put on me to start speaking the word of God out loud every day. And so I'm doing it. Are you doing it? Say amen. I hope you are. I'm giving you the props you need to try it out. I'm doing it without fail. And you know what? I can see and feel the results. To say every morning, first thing, good morning, Holy Spirit, you got it. And then to decree, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I what? I will be glad and be glad in it. I will be. And then to say all of those decrees, I have them on my wall. I, you know, you're going to have a lot of things to say just to keep practicing. Say life-giving words to yourself every day. I'm healed. I'm beautiful. I'm saved. I am a child of the king. I am a masterpiece of God. You talk more words to yourself than anybody else. So we have to be careful even what we say to ourselves. Make sure it's what God says about us now. Because when I do this first thing in the morning, what I'm noticing is I change the atmosphere. It truly changes the atmosphere. Now, some of us have been in a negative atmosphere for so long that you don't want to do this for fear that it might make you happy. It won't hurt you, but why don't you do it? As a pastor, God has instructed me to teach God's people the importance of speaking the word of God loud every day. Now, you don't have to be loud to speak the word loud, just so it just comes out of your mouth to go in the atmosphere. That's what you want. You don't care if nobody's listening. You just put it in the atmosphere. If you, 
You know, if you timid, just do it where nobody is looking and can hear you. It's about you and God. And it is a manly thing to speak God's word to the enemy. Just the voice of a man. You understand what I'm saying? I want the brothers to speak up. Don't care how your partner wakes up in the morning. I don't care how your boss is treating you. This is the day. That the Lord is made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. A man's voice. Get thee behind me, Satan. For greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. A man's voice. A man come in and you know when he come in, get out of his chair. Somebody say amen. And give him the remote, okay? Help me up in here. Some of y'all have forgot, y'all. Anyway. Many of you in here today, you love to learn. You love to relearn and discover. You like to try new things. Nobody can stop you from getting a new dress or a new blouse. Oh, my God, and the joy of a new car or a new house. Oh, my Lord, hallelujah, you love new. You love new stuff. Well, I'm talking about changing your behavior. I'm talking about getting some new behaviors in your life. Try these out. Some new habits. Some new habits. You know, all of us got some habits to things. I'm talking about some new habits. A habit of speaking God's word in and out. Now, no, no, new ways of doing something. And that's why so many of you here attend Bible study. You're really good at attending Bible studies. But let me tell you this. A sermon series on any biblical subject is also a way of taking Bible study on a Sunday morning because you spend time on one subject and you get saturated with the subject that you're spending time with. Therefore, let us learn from a four-week series on the power of speaking the word of God aloud. Church, let me, let me say this to you today. We're missing the ability and the authority that we have to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. By ignoring the principles and direct commands that God has laid out for us in his word. Let me ask these questions for your awareness. You ain't got to answer them out loud. Lord, if my mother heard me say, you ain't got to. Oh, mama, don't turn <laughs> Forgive me, teachers. Now let me ask these questions for your awareness. Who has prayers that you want to see answered? Who, who has been praying and waiting for God to answer your prayers and waiting for God to move, waiting for God to do something? Say amen if you have. Okay, okay, that's most of us or, or, all, or all of us. Well, maybe while we are waiting on God, the truth is, beloved, that God is simply waiting on us. 
He's waiting on us to do our part because he's given Christians a part to play. In our scripture lesson, God says to Job, he says, Job, you, not your mama, your daddy, your friend, not, not even me. Job, you shall also decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. To decree is to decide concerning a situation what you want and speak it. A decree is taking God's word and speaking it out loud as a Christian. We have been given the authority from Jesus to make these decrees into our realm of influence. And as we open our mouths and say or decree something, we begin to create the will of God in our lives and in the spiritual realm. Our power, our real power, is in the spiritual realm. That's why you can only have a world as sinful as ours when we are obsessed in the body realm, in the natural. That's where we're obsessed now, in the natural realm. You know, they didn't told us that spiritual things are not good and they evil. The devil is a liar in Jesus' name. We used to understand spiritual things. But then we got so cute, we wanted to be more like the world so people wouldn't talk about us and think we peculiar, but we're supposed to be peculiar. <laughs> the world can't speak spiritual things because the world can't hear spiritual things. Christians can speak spiritual things because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your spirit can receive spiritual things from the word of God and do it. Our power, the world's power is in the spiritual realm. And every Christian ought to know that and every Christian ought to believe that because God seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. For example, listen to this. In the natural world, there was a time when people really understood what a decree was. And it was an order, a law. It was a command that it set forth by an authority that must be followed by those under that authority. For instance, when the king of a country or territory set forth a decree, it was final like our governing. The decree could not be changed or done away with because the king's word was to never be doubted. Well, as it is in the natural, so it is many times in the spiritual. It's just that the natural has turned it upside down. You see, the devil is a paraclete. He don't come up with nothing new. He tries to do everything God does. He just does it. The wrong way. However, in the spiritual world, we have been given authority from the king of kings, not the president or the president, but from the king of kings and the lord of lords. And his word will never return void. It always accomplishes what it was set forth to do. But the problem is nobody's speaking his word anymore into the atmosphere at the level that it must be spoken. 
So as inhabitants of the spiritual realm, we need to know how to live spiritual lives. Oh, it's such a good thing to have knowledge. It's such a good, it's a good thing to be educated. It's a good thing to go to school. It's a, it's a good thing. But we have put so much emphasis on knowledge that we have forgotten wisdom. Wisdom. I've been around a lot of young people in the last few weeks, and, and I, I don't, something's happened to us as a people. Our children have a sense of entitlement that somebody owes them something. We have young people that, that feel like they don't have to work for it. Who feel like you start at the top. Who feel like their mama and their daddy is supposed to take care of them until they die. Who feel like nobody exists in the world but them. Who don't even know how to listen to the human voice anymore because they listening to all that junk in their ear <laughs> from the world that cannot give them spiritual knowledge. Somebody say amen. amen. They don't look at you anymore. They can't make eye contact because they never look up. They're always looking at this net that they caught in called the internet. It's a net. The devil will get you caught up and addicted to things. And so the church has got to be aware of not being like the world. I love learning and I, I love to look up stuff and I like, you know, I like the iPad and I know all that stuff and, and I had to watch myself. I had to watch when I'm all by myself, picking up my iPad. Now, the games may be good for my brain. I need them. I need the games, okay, y'all let me <laughs> keep my brain good. But the other stuff that comes, you can't help but look at it. It's just bad news everywhere, gossip everywhere. All kind of things happening on Instagram and Facebook. And you know what? You know about somebody's business before they even know about their own business. It's ridiculous. The devil has got us all caught up in his world to the point that we don't even realize there's another world out there in the spiritual realm. The Bible God's word says to you and to me as a Christian, you shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. Beloved, we as Christians have a part and a role to play in building the kingdom of God here on this earth. You see, when you think that you don't have to do nothing to make things happen, then we start believing that God will do it. God is in control. 
God's on the throne. I'm a Christian. I give $2 every month. I go to church. I say my prayer. I work in my office. That's it. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not enough. Uh, none of those things that get you to heaven. Let one little thing happen in your life and you will neglect the church. Where you should be coming to get your healing and your strength and giving glory to God. Let one little disaster happen and you will desert the church. Happens all the time now where I ask the question, who and what were you coming to church for in the first place? I'm clear about it. I always came to serve the Lord. Clear about it. My mama didn't take me to church. I'm glad she didn't because I'm clear about it. My daddy didn't take me to church. He's a martyr. He worked seven days out of the week. When he did go to church, he was a Baptist deacon. Clear to me why I went to church. My friends didn't go to the little Methodist church that was so uppity and didn't have no life in it. <laughs> My friends didn't go. They went to the Baptist and the Pentecostal church. It was clear to me why I was going to church uh -huh. to praise God, to serve God, and to be obedient to God's word that says, Forsake not the assembly. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Find your rest in me, in my house. Job, you shall declare a thing, and it will happen for you. Oh, beloved, yes, God is on the throne of power, and yes, God has a plan. Yes, he does. God's been on the throne all the time. And the world is still a mess, but God was on the throne. When they took prayer out of the schools, God was on the throne. When they legalized abortion and over six million babies have died, God was on the throne. And now when they're legalizing gay marriage, God is on the throne. Now the churches don't want to be big while the world is going crazy. God is still on the throne. So what's with this picture? God is saying, I'm on the throne. But the world would not change until you do your part. God says, you got a part to play. You can't sit on the couch and expect to eat. If you don't work, you don't eat. You can't go to church and sit up and be cute while the world is going crazy if you don't speak into the atmosphere. The atmosphere will never change. If you don't speak up and speak out, church, then the world will not change. God is sitting back watching us. He said, I gave you the power, and I'm just watching what you're going to do with a crazy world. Because you have the power to make a difference. You are the church of Jesus Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a pitiful soldier. 
We are soldiers in the army. Can you imagine being the general of some churches? That's a pitiful army. Some armies ain't ready to go on the front line to do nothing. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. We open our mouths and we decree a thing and it happens. You can't be a scared soldier. God does not give us a spirit of fear. You can't be a, a, a screaming soldier unless you scream in God's word. You can't be a soldier that wants to go and lay down on the ground and not ever shoot the devil. You just can't be that kind of... You can't. What we have to understand is that God's plan, as he sits on the throne, he sits high, then what does he do? He looks low. He's sitting high, and he's looking at us, saying, I gave them all that they need to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. And they do so little. God's plan is that we participate with him in changing the world. Beloved, God is waiting on us to do our part in his plan. God has given us power and authority and commanded us, I repeat, commanded us to take his kingdom, his power, and his love to all of the world. To all of the world. To everybody. Not just a few people, but to everybody. To have a heart for every soul. Numbers in the church mean a soul. That means a soul was saved. We are here to go to the world. John Wesley said, pastors in the United Methodist Church ought to feel like the world is our parish. We have a church that keeps us well and healthy and provided for, not just for them, but so we can go out into the world. World is our parish. I remember when churches would say, what's your office hours? I'm a pastor, I ain't got no office hours. What do you mean? People call me at midnight. I go places you don't even know because it's confidential and ain't your business. Oh, what can I do sitting in an office anyhow? People work out of their homes now. You ought to be asking, where is pastor going? Let us pray over her. Because believe me, I'm going somewhere all the time. My children are now saying to me, enough is enough. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. The world is my parish. I'm a pastor of not just you but of everybody. Somebody say amen. Amen. And you, you are a Christian to everybody, not just your family or your friends. To everybody. The church was created more for those on the outside than for those on the inside. Look at your neighbor, Sam, said, this is not a club. Beloved, beloved, you remember when the disciples were in the boat? You remember when they were in the boat 
And they were facing a storm. They got in the boat. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Jesus was tired. He was running from people. I know it. I don't know how it is, Jesus. I know. So take me to the, to the other side. So they got in the boat. And Jesus was tired. So Jesus went to sleep in the stern. He was sleeping and resting. Then a storm came. Big storm. Waves just beating the boat all over. Jesus sound asleep. And here come the disciples. Here they come. Jesus, do you care if we perish? Jesus. And they ran to Jesus and they, they begged for his help and his deliverance. And Jesus stood up and said, peace. Sometimes that's all you got to say in your house. Peace. And to have peace. You gotta be still. Oh, I lived in a house like that, I'm telling you. Didn't have to be no spankings. All my daddy had to do was lift his voice and I would just be, woo. <laughs> and that's all we have to do is lift our voice. Peace, Jesus said. Be still. And the storm ceased. Oh, we love to tell that story of how Jesus can calm the storms in our life. How Jesus can deliver us from danger with just a word. And it's true. But, however, as we study the scripture fully, we see that Jesus, immediately after calming the storm, he then looked at the disciples and rebuked and scolded them for their lack of faith. They were reprimanded for their action of going to him for the answer when they had authority to. Did he say greater things will you do than I did because you have the Holy Spirit? The church ought to be doing greater things than Jesus did when he was on earth because we feel with the Holy Spirit. And so an answer when they had authority themselves. So as Christians, you know, we've been given authority in Jesus' name. We have been given power in Jesus' name. And see this. Jesus also did not pray to the Father in this situation. Ooh. And we know Jesus prayed to the Father at all times. But, but why didn't he pray to his Father at this time? Why didn't he pray to God when the storm was raging? Was he trying to show off his divinity by just doing it himself? Or was he making an example for us by taking authority over that which was under his authority? He spoke. He said, peace. There was not a petition. It wasn't even a prayer request. It was a command. Devil, in the name of Jesus, my children are loose. It was a decree. Jesus said, peace. Be still. A direct command from a person of authority. The speaking of the word activated the faith in that authority. And that storm had to obey. 
The Bible says, touch not my anointed, do my prophet no harm. Y'all think it's because I'm Lydia Waters. It's not that. It's because he hired me and I got a job to do. And he don't want y'all messing with me because then I can't do my job for him. <laughs> Somebody help me up in here. Somebody. But y'all don't believe that. But see, I can call them words out. Because you're not calling them out. The Bible says, speak the word. Beloved, when storms in our lives, are we still waiting for God to answer? We cry for fear and desperation. We're always fearful and desperate. Just as the disciples did, they cried. They echoed their cry. Don't you care, Jesus? Jesus, don't you love me no more? Jesus, why are you letting all this happen to me? As we decree God's word and God's will, the awesome power of the Holy Spirit is released to bring it to pass. In Genesis, the first three chapters, it said, and the spirit of God hovered. And then God said, you got to get the Holy Ghost in your house sometime. You got to clean it out sometime. Sometimes you talking and the Holy Ghost ain't in the house. You just got them demons in your house and you got to clean that house out. Somebody say amen. I know they kin to you. I know they're your blood, but they still need some deliverance. Oh, good gracious. As we decree God's word and God's will, the awesome power of the Holy Spirit is released to bring it to pass. Jesus said the words that we speak are spirit and they are life. The substance of our word gets out into the spiritual realm and it starts to create life. And so what we're learning is that the word of God is meant to be spoken out loud every day over any circumstance we have going on that needs to be changed we have the authority and the power to speak it to decree it let me help you this morning I make the following decrees in the name of Jesus, for Pacoima First United Methodist Church in Pacoima, California, I decree in the name of Jesus that the name of Jesus, his name alone, will be glorified in this house. Not your name, not my name, but the name of Jesus. You can't walk up here and be upset because somebody you know is not here. If Jesus is here, that's why you came in the first place. I decree in the name of Jesus that the glory of the Lord will fill this house. I decree.
decree in the name of Jesus that we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto us. I decree in the name of Jesus that miracles, signs, and wonders shall follow the preaching of God's word. I decree in the name of Jesus that a new season for this house has come. The old, the old has gone away. I decree in the name of Jesus that we are all baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And we walk in righteousness and peace and joy. In the Holy Spirit, I decree in the name of Jesus that as the word of God goes forth, his word takes root in good soil, bringing forth 30, 60, and 100 times more fruit. Oh, glory to God. I decree in the name of Jesus that every son and every daughter of this house will put his or her hand to the plow according to each one's gifts and callings. I decree in the name of Jesus that we dwell in unity in this house with our brothers and sisters in Christ and God commands a blessing on this house. We speak to every spirit causing disunity and we say be removed and cast into the sea in Jesus name. I decree in Jesus' name that we bring all the tithes to the storehouse. I decree in the name of Jesus that the Lord will be a firewall around this house and his glory shall be in our midst. I decree and I declare that we will be doers of the word. And not just hearers of the word. In Jesus name. But you have to go back. I'm going to give you some sheets to declare over the church. Over yourselves again. In fact at the end of this series. Evelyn and I just may put together some books. That we ask you to pay for if you want it. Of all the things you might want to do. All the decrees and things that we've given you. We'll put them in a booklet. For seven dollars. I decree and I declare that. It's what you pay for, your value. It's a sad thing, but that's what it is. I want you to learn to speak it. Speak it. I decree that me and my whole household are saved. decree and declare that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I decree that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall want for nothing. I decree and declare that the peace of God inhabits my house because I know that I shall have what I decree I decree health and wealth and prosperity on every person 
in this congregation. In Jesus' name. You have to decree it. It has to be validated by the word of God. And you have to believe it. Believe it. Speak into the atmosphere. What would it hurt you to speak into the atmosphere? It don't cost you nothing. The only spirit that will keep you from doing what God says is the devil. Be clear about it. It's amazing how easy some of the things God asks us to do are and we refuse to do them because we don't like to do them. But you better know that you will have what you decree. Put the word of God that is spirit and life into the atmosphere. Give the Lord a hand praise. Speak it, believe it, and receive it. Someone here today 